everybody, and welcome to yet another exciting episode of the Reeton Entertainment Podcast. This is episode 421 for October 15th, 2023. I am your begrudging host, Cyberbuck Monk, uh, Connor, I guess you can just call me, uh, and joining me is Aroa. Say hi, Aroa. Aroa Bunk Monk. So, if you are a long-time listener, first off, I'm sorry, I guess. And second off, you might be noticing, hey, where's where's that Nathan Fellerino? Where's where's that duder who usually says all this? Well, uh, I haven't actually heard from him today, so until proven otherwise, he has been sold into human trafficking overseas. Yeah, you know how how they go for the the short white guys in Japan. Um, I mean, I guess it all depends on like the blood type. Or Reeton doesn't drink, so his liver's probably like great. Oh yeah. So uh, we all wish him the best of luck as he gets chopped up and served into a American-style filet of fish. It's a different kind of long pig over there. And with that, we will introduce uh, the, the, the stuff that we usually introduce on the show. Normally, I'd say you could find all of our relevant social media links at aroa.website. I actually just tried going there like 15 minutes ago, and I think it's down. What? Yeah, give it a shot. While he's giving it a shot, uh, I will say that you could find... Um, I mean, do you even really go on Twitter or X anymore? Don't go on social media, people. It's bad for you. Uh, but if for some reason you did want to find out about any more of our programs, projects, or otherwise uh, interests in our hobbies, the best place you could go is on our Discord. You could probably find a link to that in the comment to this video. I don't know. You could find us. We're We're not that hard to find. One of the projects that I work on that I want to draw your attention to is Clinton's Core Classics, a Rise of the Rune Lords first edition actual play podcast. And if Tolkien-style fantasy isn't your drive, then I also do Shadowrun Bug City Blues, a six-world edition actual play podcast. Uh, I am very busy editing audio these days. A lot of work. How about you, Aro? Anything you want to talk about? Uh, I, I, I don't do anything anymore. Tune into Aro when he uh, starts making TikTok shorts. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, actually, yeah, I think YouTube shorts have been like the only YouTube shorts and the, the stupid intros for all these podcasts that Nathan doesn't show up to. I have been very, very tempted, not necessarily shorts, but like just to learn FFmpeg to start exporting my, my podcast and stuff and put it on YouTube just because it's such a bigger audience. Oh, yeah. Kind of dumb of me not to. I have standards, though, and like. I don't know. I, I want like an image with an animated thing in front of it. And that's just way too much work. I feel like you could probably automate that really easily. And I just can't be bothered to learn how. Uh, actually, our hosting uh, platform has that functionality, but it takes what? it like it takes it about an hour to generate that video. And it also like bogs the fuck down my entire server the whole time it's doing it. Oh. Well, I mean, I could find a way to do that that doesn't like cause any inconvenience to do though i'm sure yeah it, if uh if i just got like whatever because it just feeds something into ffmpeg so if you just got whatever it was using uh because it does it with it just got it's got the logo for the podcast and it's got like a little frequency display at the bottom it's a little, all little bar graph I'm not against loading up like in a, uh, what is it called? Adobe Premiere or whatever. The, the Mosaic Vegas. I don't even know what people use to edit audio anymore. I haven't done it in like a decade, but like, I'm not against doing that. I just, 
got to find a way to make it easy enough. And I'm sure this is a problem someone else has already solved. I just need to take the 15 minutes of homework it'll take to solve it myself. With that in mind, uh, what kind of games have you been playing this week, buddy? So, uh, I had mostly been playing Yu-Gi-Oh! And then... What happened? Uh, you catch them all? Not exactly. Uh, I've gotten, I think, like 10% through the original anime campaign. And, uh... It's just it's just something to fill time. But I also got Game Pass again because my sister-in-law started playing Crusader Kings 3 and was streaming it to us on Discord. And I was like, man, I want to play Crusader Kings 3 again. But there's no way in hell I'm paying 50 bucks for it. So I paid 10 instead. And I played it a bit. And I ended up in a war that I did not want to be in. And... Got kind of uh, stuck in a corner and didn't know what the fuck to do. So uh, I was like, all right, I'm going to take a break from this now because this hurts my brain. And I'm I'm going to check out what else Game Pass has. And I found uh, Wolong Fallen Dynasty, which I had some idea of what it was. I knew it was a, a so-called action RPG, but it's essentially a Souls-like. It came but, out at like the exact same time as Sekiro and then immediately got eclipsed by Sekiro, didn't it? That is I think it was I think it was a while after Sekiro, because I think this came out in like March of this year. Ah, uh, apologies. I, I might be thinking of a different game. I do feel like something came out around the same time and like just nobody gave a shit about it. But it is from Team Ninja and uh, they they are the ones who made Neo, which is another Souls-like game, because I guess that's just what Team Ninja does now. But it is based in the Romance of the Three Kingdoms, so the same thing as Dynasty Warriors. And it's pretty cool, like, seeing all of these plot elements and all these characters that I'm fairly familiar with from the dynasty warriors games, but in a completely different light. And like with this sort of alternate history storyline where, uh, straight up, there's a dude who is just Gul'dan from world of Warcraft. Like, he's just like, I'm an evil guy and I'm going to pretend that I'm working with these other people just so that I can get all the power and take over the world. And yeah, so that's yeah, but the gameplay is great. Um, it's like hardcore focused on parrying in and like you can block and stuff, but it is it's very fast. Uh, there's not a whole lot of like in other Souls games, particularly like actual Souls games. I feel like there's a lot of moving around and like dodge rolling and waiting for an opportunity to attack. And Wolong is more of a Bloodborne type thing of it really, really wants you to just get in there and attack as much as possible and just hit the hit the parry button whenever you need to to keep from taking damage. Uh it's it's a very interesting twist on on that style of gameplay. 
I, I would highly recommend if you have even a even a slight interest in Souls likes. I find it to be the most accessible one that I have played, probably overall. It's it's definitely up there. If uh, and I mean, if you got Game Pass, it's it's right there. Why not? I was just gonna say, it sounds like you paid just the right price for fucking around and turning out that you ended up liking it. Yeah, yeah, like it's that's what Game Pass is perfect for. I'm I'm so glad that we don't have to own anything anymore. Um, I don't know. I I'm still kind of iffy about the whole thing. Oh no, not that, I was being not that we any, not that we actually own anything at all anymore. Like, I I don't foresee the circumstances that would need to happen for it to happen this way. But like, Steam could just go under tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, there's there's my three hundred plus library just gone. Yeah, I mean, we it, we saw it with uh, Stadia. Like, uh-huh, it's happened before. Yeah. Uh, on brighter news, I guess, did, did, did you have any other games to talk about? No, no, you can you can do yours. It won't be long, I promise. I played a little bit of that Cyberpunk DLC. I finished two out of the, oh, let's just say X endings. I don't think I'm really spoiling anything, but it's got a lot this time around. And I went back to an old save prior to those endings, and I was like, huh, all the way back here, huh? And I've slowly been building up the, the tolerance to go back and redo the progress that I already made, but in a different direction now. But in between that and now, a buddy of mine said, hey, can you boot up Halo? I want to test something in the private lobby. And I realized, boy, Halo sure is a fun game, uh, you know, when it's not awful and you can't tolerate it. So I've been playing Halo Infinite again lately. And I don't know why I'm choosing this one over the, the others. I guess just because it's the newest. But it runs well on Steam Deck, which means I could play it in bed, which I think is going to be a dangerous rabbit hole to fall down. Oh, yeah, because all the Halo games are on Steam now. Mm-hmm. It's a good Game Boy game, and it runs online okay. It runs a lot better at work than it does at home, and I think that's just because I'm playing too far away from my router. But um, I'm very surprised with how well the Steam Deck does multiplayer gaming. And I guess I shouldn't be. This isn't, you know... the early thousands anymore we've solved wi-fi but i'm happy it works yeah and then as far as other games that aren't a video game variety got to play some more hammer this week got to play with somebody who uh, i could stand to be around socially so that was nice (laughs) they didn't smell terrible they didn't smell terrible (laughs) that's already a step in the right direction man I got to play some Pathfinder with my buddies. We finished the first out of six books that this story takes place in. Um, we only had one fatality for the entire campaign, which, as uh, for the, the first book, that is, which, as I understand it, is about right. And that's, that's it. Other than that, I've been, like, editing audio and doing other projects. I've, I've been pretty productive this week. Uh, it's not very exciting to talk about, though, unfortunately. I, I clicked on the audio waves and I shortened them and then I added effects. Yeah, you, you don't want to hear about that. Wow. Such such skill and fascination. I don't even use auto truncate. <laughs> <laughs> did you want to talk about some stories this week? Uh, I guess we can. What did you want to talk about first? The first thing I have on my list is that uh, John Ricciello, Ricciello, I think it is, Ricciello. Uh, Give it a shot. I believe it's Riccatello. Riccatello. Got it the first try. John Riccatello steps down as CEO of Unity 
after sabotaging his company. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I I look forward to his inevitable insider trading lawsuit. Considering the only thing I actually know about this guy is I think he was he wasn't he like the CEO of Epic or no EA. not Epic uh, EA yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, a company already famously known for not giving a fuck about their consumers. Uh, I So I don't know the context for it, but the thing that I've been seeing in a lot of places is this is not surprising considering that he was fired from EA for being too greedy. When the response to your termination is that your employees are cheering, it's not a good sign. No. No, generally not. Uh, and this is the motherfucker who uh, had previously said, while being the CEO of Unity, uh, that the indie developers who don't focus on monetization first and foremost are, I, I believe it was something along the lines of fucking idiots. Mm, I think I see a parasite. Yeah. So, uh, like, this... This piece of shit uh, is just like everything that's wrong with the games industry kind of just compressed into one presumably Italian man. And with a last uh, name like that, most likely. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm I'm very happy to see him get fucked. And uh, I don't know who this uh, replacement is. I don't know much of anything about him. Uh, somebody named Whitehurst. He's James just an interim CEO. It's a very posh sounding name, anyways. Uh, apparently, you're, you're on. Uh, apparently, he previously served as a senior advisor and president at IBM, uh, which yeah. he joined IBM whenever they bought Red Hat. So I guess he, yeah, he served Red Hat uh, for 12 years, it looks like. So. I mean, that's some pretty good pedigree, but that's a bit of a leap of faith going from Linux to Vigi games. I guess uh, it, it, with him just being interim CEO, though, uh, he probably won't be on there for very long. unless I have uh, the experience to not run a company into the ground, TM. Yeah, which, hey, that's a lot more than what can be said of Riccatello, considering, like, EA was just kind of in a, I, I believe that shortly after he, uh, became CEO of EA, uh, things started moving up and then they just went into a nosedive probably around the time that they started just throwing loot boxes into everything. Mm -hmm. Oh, the developers, they, they love it. Look how much money they get. They can continue to make, uh, let's look at the list here. Reskins of the same shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, uh, we'll have a, of a three-year development cycle on on this game um and one entire year of that cycle will be spent figuring out how to exploit people most effectively people like it when sometimes the gun that you you give them the one that's just black well it turns out if you hold up a 9.99 price tag in front of it you could paint it blue your gun's blue now money please the, like uh, I i'm think joking we... obviously but that's <laughs> kind of as far as it get like I'm I'm trying to think of as many games as I can that that's not the basic premise of it and it's disgusting. Yeah. Uh th this is also the guy 
who at one point while he was at EA said that uh, he had the idea for during multiplayer games, if you ran out of ammo, uh, what if we could implement a microtransaction so that we just refill your ammo right then and there and you can keep shooting? What what if everything was just paid? Or, or what if like you're playing a game and that game involves having like a lever on the side of it and you just put on quarters and then you can pull the lever and then you put in more quarters and you can pull the lever and then they'd never have to get up. They could just sit there and press that button and pull that lever. Like, have you ever seen the videos of cameras doing pans in Vegas? And it's just rows upon rows of people smacking a button and pulling a lever over and over. It's it's mental sickness. It is really fucked up. And that, that I want to say it can't be what video games are becoming, but fucking prove me wrong. Yeah. Um, okay, that's not fair. Boulder's Gate 3 is great. Uh, from what I understand, Armored Core 6 doesn't have microtransaction bullshit in it. Like, there are definitely outliers that aren't doing things that... John Riccatella would be uh, assuming that you would be, what would he say, a fucking idiot for not doing? Mm-hmm. And for those, we salute you because if you do follow those practices, you're going to end up sinking, much like we are seeing here. Um, it- in case for some reason a listener doesn't remember, Unity recently went and said, hey, uh, we're going to do a whole bunch of ass-backwards business decisions, including but not limited to making developers have to charge for every time somebody installs a copy of their game, whether it was made before or not. And then they really quickly had to do some backpedaling because the internet set them on fire, which is, you know, presumably the the very last straw that broke the camel's back on this one. Big straw, albeit, like a, 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 a support beam-sized straw, but nevertheless. Yeah, uh, I'm glad to see him go. Uh, I believe he is just completely exiting the games industry, which, uh, yeah, good. good yep. I'm sure that he's going to get like several dozen million dollar severance check and, uh, yeah, whatever. Fuck off. I gotta uh, find a way to make this not happen anymore. And I don't know what to do to make it better other than to stop making video games privately or publicly traded. I mean, yeah, it really just seems like every time a company does an IPO, uh, it turns into shit, and I, like IPOs in general seem to be a a consistent cancer in society. Yeah the the stock market is is a plague. It's the worst thing to ever happen to the world. I couldn't agree more. Speaking of plagues, did you hear that the Steam Store has been spreading malware after a hacker hijacks developer accounts? Well, that's scary. Uh, fortunately, fewer than 100 Steam users are affected, according to Valve. Um, I don't actually know the specifics of what games were infected, and I'm looking through this article real quick if I could find it. I but know. the skinny version is that Stalve, Stalve, Valve Steam Store was reportedly exploited to spread malware to a small number of users. The incident occurred after a hacker breached several game developer accounts on Steam and used that access to spread malware on the platform through game updates. Uh, this, of course, comes from an article posted by PCMag.com. Problems came to light after Valve sent out a message to affected users last month saying that the Steam accounts for developers of this game was recently compromised and the attackers uploading a new build containing malware had happened. Uh, the company wrote in a notice. So that stinks. Uh, I still don't see what the name of the game is, though. You'd it think does... that'd be the important thing you want in the article. <laughs> well, uh, it 
seems that uh, they haven't publicized which individual games were affected uh they're just notifying everyone who owns and or plays these games via the the steam client it's probably the right call as far as making sure a game is still sellable yeah Uh, Uh, i certainly didn't get an email so i'm safe yeah i would assume that these are like indie dev accounts that the uh, I guess there's there was no requirement for two factor authentication for Steam developers, so it's probably devs who ha- who like reused credentials between uh, different websites. And with the twenty three and Me hack that happened recently, which I didn't post anything about because there's really not a not a whole lot to talk about because uh, it's just a typical information breaking breach. news. This happens again. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and it, it, it could have been from that because there were like millions of accounts that were compromised. And anytime you have hashed passwords, then like this happens. So right. you lose one of them, you lose all of them. Oopsies. Yep. It's just uh, the so happens that somebody had a clever idea of what if we put Bitcoin miners in all of these indie game executables. It looks like, according to the article, that SMS SIM swap attacks might have been culprit here. Oh, no, they're, is... they are, they're saying to, um, or they're saying that Valve is now requiring two-factor authentication, uh, and specifically they're requiring SMS-based two-factor codes. Oh, okay, so the article is saying, but it's still not safe, because what if someone mugs you and takes your phone? More or less. Like um, th- there's obviously other ways you could do that. Calling the phone provider and being like, Hey, it's, it's me, John Doe. I need a new SIM, but yeah, it, you'd need to be a little more, uh, specific on your targeting. If you're doing that, it's, it's not as easy as, Hey, I just downloaded a thousand emails. Let's check them out. This password cracker. Right. Um, and like, I, I have said that, yeah, SMS based authentication is not safe. Uh, it's, not trivial to spoof uh, somebody's private info and end up getting a, getting a SIM card with their number attached to it. And then you put it in your phone and now you're getting all their text messages, but uh, it's certainly pretty easy and it's a, it's a hell of a lot easier than say, you know, actually stealing their phone. So yeah, that, that, I don't know that this is necessarily the uh, the smartest way to go about dealing with this on Valve's part. I, I get why they're why they're doing it because they don't want this to turn into a PR nightmare for them. But just just require two factor authentication through some kind of authenticator app or just now anything. You say some kind of authenticator app. Doesn't Steam already have, I, I think it's called Steam Guard, but that might be something else. Don't they already have two-factor authentication via web app? Or, you are uh, right. It, it, it is Steam Guard. I don't entirely understand, uh, yeah, why they're, why they're requiring SMS two-factor authentication whenever Steam Guard already exists. It just uh, seems like a problem they already solved. Yeah, it, it, it is odd. Um, 
and yeah, my best guess is that it is Valve pushing to uh, to just make themselves look better. Basically, yeah. it's like if they don't do anything, then they look a lot worse than if they just go, okay, now we're gonna force everybody to use better security, and it. it people are going to be more likely to ignore those who are saying, well, this isn't actually better security because what they're focusing on is, is steam actually doing anything about this? Sure. And uh, it's really hard to say like, what would a best case scenario look like on here? Every time you log in, you have to do biometrics or something. Nah, like I'm of course being overdramatic, but I I don't think this is a, a problem that can easily be solved by, Hey, have a password. Also have a phone token also have a two-factor setting it you know i think i just said the same thing twice but i digress no it's uh i mean it's this sort of thing is is going to happen again at some point but like i said i think it's just valve trying to save their own reputation i you can't you can't really do anything on steam's end to like Oh, there's a there's malware in here. We're just not going to release it. Like someone's got to get infected before it gets caught. Unfortunately. Well, if, if it's funny that you say that because they're supposed to do some kind of malware testing, but uh, they don't obviously. So yeah. that's kind of funny. It's only as good as the newest repository. I, I suppose. This is not a conversation for us. This is a conversation that every single network security specialist has had before. Right. And with that, let's um, let's talk about the story that just won't die. I assume you didn't have anything else to talk about with this? No. So, you guys know how Microsoft is becoming a monolith gaming corporation? And, and it wants to, to eat everything? Yeah. We're we talking about the same thing. I, I think I was actually talking about the Activision. This, this is the same story, right? Yes, okay. Mm-hmm. So I started talking about this, I was like, wait. No, we're good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you it's might a, have heard. Yeah, you know, I thought maybe you were confused because it's a Wowhead article or something. That's exactly what happened. I was like, <laughs> oh, am I in the wrong place? No, uh, it's, as I'm sure everybody here already knows, um, Blizzard is going to be in the process of being acquired along with Activision and King? King, yep. I think. Uh, and they are getting consumed by Microsoft. Uh, more specifically, their the gaming division. Which do they just call that the Xbox division? I don't know. I uh, I think maybe publicly, yeah they they refer to it as Xbox, but I believe it is all it's all under the same stock ticker. It's all the same umbrella. Uh, as of nine a.m. Eastern time, the sixty-eight point seven billion sale of Activision Blizzard to Microsoft has officially closed, marking the end of a twenty-month. 21-month struggle with regulators and the largest tech acquisition in history. Wow, uh, Aroa, what would so you great. do if $68, 7000000000 billion showed up at your doorstep? Uh, I'd probably... Would you fix some shitty game companies with it? Yeah, yeah, I feel like I'd do something more useful than buy Activision Blizzard. <sighs> okay, okay. Um, if you're going to say that, I'm going to think about it. Blizzard has some good IPs. They just ain't done nothing with it lately. <sighs> Activision, uh, I don't know, Tony Hawk? What have they made lately? Uh, they, they, I, I believe 
a week or two ago, we we looked at what Activision has made recently, and it was just Call of Duty and Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, I mean, Activision, whatever. Blizzard, like, I, I think there are some sleeper cells sitting in there. And King is mobile apps. You're, King is you're buying that so you can get the whales. Yep. But uh, I don't know if they're going to get their $68.7 billion back out of that. It is, oh, here uh, we go. It is curious. I wonder what the, like, what the fuck is their end goal in all this? I don't know. Well, I will tell you, their end goal is, uh, one of these things is not like the other, Pitfall, Mech Warrior, Warcraft, Starcraft, Call of Duty, Candy Crush. Why do they have <laughs> Pitfall of all things on this? What the fuck are you doing, Wowhead? <laughs> oh, this article came from Wowhead. Yeah. It's, uh... uh while the... Go on. Uh, well, I, th- I think it was, yeah, it's because there was a, there was a letter from... Activision CEO Bobby Kotick, who is no longer CEO as of January 1st, 2024, by the way. Uh, good riddance. Again, he's, he's another, he's, he's not as bad as Riccatello, but he's really, really close. Um, but he, he mentions that uh, in the 1980s, we pioneered independent third-party game development with Pitfall, River Raid, and Kaboom. In the 1990s, we united the world with online multiplayer games like Mech Warrior, Warcraft, and Starcraft. You know, you know that stuff that that Activision made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely Activision. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, that time Activision was gonna make a a a, a, a Warhammer game, <laughs> and they were like, "Oh, we're gonna get the rights, but we have all these assets. Let's make one anyways." And it was like a really big hit in in Korea. Remember that? When Activision did that, <laughs> stupid motherfuckers. Uh, and then they they also mentioned that they published guitar or that they they introduced the world to Guitar Hero and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Uh, Activision did not introduce Guitar Hero. The, fir- was... the first Guitar Hero was pr- was published by Red Octane. And like Harmonix or something like that too, well, right? Well, Harmonix was the developer and Red Octane was the publisher. Activision bought the franchise in uh, 2006, I want to say, uh, with so, Guitar Hero 3. So Bobby Kotick just said, hey, you know how Elon Musk goes around and says, hey, I made Tesla. I found it. And I don't think he actually says that, but like taking credit for all that shit. Mm-hmm. They're just pulling that move. Yeah, they're they're going. Look at all this stuff that we bought. Isn't that great? All the stuff that now, we bought, we made it. Now we lost it. Yeah. Now the this this is really Ozymandias. Look at that photo of him standing next to such iconic games as I don't recognize any of these. <laughs> B- Bouncer. Oh, I think these might be characters. Do you, do you recognize what he's standing in front of? This is this is like art of a of a failed studio. I think. I think those are Skylanders characters. Ah, yes. They're their most pivotal contribution to the gaming market. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm not happy about this necessarily, but I guess like it can't be any worse in the current state of Activision, right? Something needs to happen. They can't just... I know you play WoW, so I don't want to hurt your feelings when I say this. Hey, my but sub's been what, canceled for months. I'm proud of you. What have they actually done to innovate or make their game interesting? Like, 
I I gave up around Burning Crusade because I saw that carrot on the stick. And it, is it more just clicking on things and waiting on bars? Waiting on uh, loading bars? The the bars are a lot faster. That's um that's the main crux of it. It's the the bars are a lot faster, and you've got about three times as many buttons to push. Three times as many buttons and six times as many ways to put your credit card information into them. Oh yeah, yeah. You know the the WoW cryptocurrency known as WoW token reached its market peak recently. I think I, I that's that's the thing where you could trade it in for like a month of gameplay, right? I, I remember mm, yep. when they were introducing this, and I thought, huh, what's keeping someone from buying a hundred when they're cheap and just oh. living off that, other than oh, yeah. you know needing the capital to do it? Yeah, that was uh, that was basically the idea. They saw they saw what uh, uh, Eve Online was doing, and saw that like there were a bunch of Chinese gold farmers that were uh, selling gold and they were like wait a minute we can do both of these things and and make even more money off it so so i'm I'm on wowhead now which is just the wrong call to do what the fuck is an evoker oh yeah that's the that's my class now the, the they just got introduced with this most recent expansion it's like a uh, psychic dragon yeah pretty much they're 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 dragon people and uh they've they're they have the first support subclass so right. there's a, there's a class where its entire purpose is to just buff everyone else, and it's pretty be, great. Gonna be honest with you, I've been really nostalgic for like the the early mid thousands lately. So I'm just gonna close this window before <laughs> I fall down a rabbit. Oh, you mean you don't you 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 don't want to uh, maybe play Wrath of the Lich King Classic? You know, no, I, I know I'm not the only. Well, I, a, I never played Wrath of the Lich King. I quit like right before it started. Oh, yeah, so you, yeah, you did. Part of me kind of does. Turning Crusade. Part of me really kind of does, and <laughs> I know Blizzard knows this because they made WoW Classic up to that point, and they said, "Yeah, this is when it was good. Let's stop here." Oh, they uh, Wrath just came out. They're already they're planning cla- uh, Cataclysm, and there what? are uh, there are servers. They missed the fucking point. <laughs> there are servers for each expansion where the timeline just stops there. So there are, there are WoW Classic servers. There are WoW Burning Crusade servers. And there are well, Wrath of the Lich King servers. So I could specifically be targeted by all of the nerds who are specifically interested in the exact same brand and nostalgia that I am? Correct. What? I'm not doing this. I'm clo- I already closed the window. <laughs> this, is, this is a dangerous line of thought to go down. They knew, they knew exactly what they were doing. They have my photo on a billboard somewhere in there saying, <laughs> how do we get them? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so yeah, like, I... I'm very, I'm very excited, I guess, maybe not very, but I'm like marginally excited. It's there. I got, I got the tingle. I want to see what Microsoft wants to do with some of these franchises that have just kind of been sitting dormant. Um, I, there have been talks. I don't know how real they are. People are saying that there, there's rumblings of somebody higher up wanted to see how they can innovate Guitar Hero again. I mean, I, I think it's time. I, I think so. I think, I think of all times now is the time to bring back Guitar Hero lives. Uh, maybe not necessarily the game concept in and of itself, but, um, doing a sort of like you pay $10 a month and get all of the DLC. Like, yeah, I think. Pay for it while you're using it. 
yeah. other people will get more value about it than some. Because like, like whenever whenever live came out, I feel like its major pitfall was one that it that it was only guitar, but also that like we weren't quite at the point where everything was a subscription yet, and people weren't ready for it. But I think they're ready now. I don't mean to drastically pull us to another direction. Do you know anything about Rocksmith Plus? Yeah. Basically exactly what you just described, but using a real-life guitar instead of a plastic guitar controller. You know, different strokes for different folks, nothing wrong, whatever. But that is a fundamental failure. And I think if you are going to be a Guitar Hero kind of marketer, you should take a really deep look at that before you proceed. And I think the most correct answer, probably somewhere in between... I see things like Game Pass out here. It's, you know, whether or not it's what people actually want, it's what people are purchasing. If you had a game where you release it, you know, $60, $70, whatever, it's got a huge list of songs that people want to play. Fun songs, good songs. On top of that, obviously it's a guitar hero game. You're going to make your profit off of your DLC. Make that a subscription service. Make it so you get the base game that's good enough that people are going to buy it. And then have DLC that's good enough that people are either going to buy the songs they want or subscribe to a service to get all of them. That seems like the no-brainer solution to me. I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, that... Prove me wrong. That, like, the only thing that I hope that they do is if, if they're going to do it, please keep, bring back drums. Like, bring back the full band experience. Let me plug in my synthesizer and use that. Uh, it, it, honestly, yeah. Like, I know I that got they, an OP1. Use it. They got rid of keyboard with Rock Band 4 basically because a vast majority of songs don't have a major keyboard part. But depending on how difficult it would be to re-implement that on the Guitar Hero side and just, like, let you plug in a MIDI keyboard... Because the Rock Band 3 keyboard is literally just a cheap MIDI keyboard. It even has MIDI out. Like, it, it doesn't be... need to be more complicated than that. No. Like, it couldn't possibly be that big of a deal. And Activision has a hell of a lot more money than, than Harmonix did at the time. Now Harmonix is owned by Epic, so, you know. So it'll be an Epic exclusive for the first two years of its life. Well, what, whatever Harmonix does next will be Epic exclusive forever. I think that's probably why I'm not going back to Harmonix, unfortunately. Yeah, um, I also would not be surprised if they're just trapped in the uh, in the Fortnite gulag forever. Yeah. So we look forward to whatever comes out next. I know a lot of people are doing things with augmented reality lenses for piano specifically. And it is my hope that people being interested in music again, like just casually being able to pick it up like that, causes a bit of a renaissance for music and rhythm games. I could see it happening. It would be pretty fucking cool. There are some. And I could see a row just drooling at the mouth when it happens. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I, I would love nothing more than for big plastic instruments to become a thing again. Even though you know it's gonna. It's just fueling the destruction of the planet, but I don't know. I don't know what if else it, we can do. If it's fun. Like, <laughs> planet's already dead. We could at least have fun. Yeah, fuck it. 
Fuck We're all going to be dead in 50 years, if that. If that. That's optimistic. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Happy Podcast. Speaking of uh, super cool things going on in the world, I actually do love that you posted this headline. Like, the cyberpunk in me fucking loves it. Yeah, right? DARPA is a bit concerned about tactical puking attacks. Uh, <laughs> skinny version is, you know how soldiers are super soldiers now, and they got AR headsets and full field of view vision with full-on thermal scopes, night vision, radar. Uh, uh, like, soldiers I, are pretty wired up nowadays. Yeah, I did not realize how fucking crazy military gear was getting. <laughs> like, uh-huh. uh, And to tune in for five years now and all of their excess gets sold to your local police municipality. Sure, just get the fuck out of the United States of Clockerboa. <laughs> yeah, I think it's yeah, it's been it's been there since 2019. <sighs> and a seam directly pulled out of Cyberpunk 2077, DARPA, the Army's top research and development program, is reportedly exploring ways to defend Army soldiers against cognitive attacks that could result in them puking under their HoloLens mixed reality headsets. Future war, it seems, will be fought with guts in more ways than one. This is from an article posted by Gizmodo.com. Thank you, Gizmodo. DARPA detailed its plans to protect against the attacks in a document this week, first reported by the Register. In it, the agency says that headset-clad warriors could be subject to a variety of attacks that exploit the intimate connection between users and mixed-reality equipment. Enemies could plant real-world objects in a soldier's digital field of view to confuse them, overwhelm displays with planted objects, or even tap into their goggles and spy on their eye-tracking movements. They could also potentially flood a soldier's headset with garbage data in order to increase latency and induce physical illness. In other words, a sophisticated attack that could potentially send those meals ready to eat back to where they came from. Now, I just want to pause here and say, if you are interested in this sort of cyber attack, make sure you tune into Bug City Blues, a Shadowrun 6 World Edition actual play podcast, where this exact thing happens as a way of attacking people who are trying to attack you. I thought that that was a... Because th- this is like a thing that happens with, like, Deckers and shit, right? Like Exactly. Like, hey, somebody's <laughs> shooting at you. Turn off their eyes. <laughs> Which is, like, so fucking nuts. Like, I... I was talking about that. I I went out to eat with with my mom and my stepdad the other night. And I was like, it's so fucking crazy that we're in like this almost cyberpunk world where like soldiers are getting hacked on the battlefield. (laughs) I'm like, if we get to this point, I will become a cyber terrorist. You could, you could could play this in quote. (sighs) Like it's it's wild, man. Like obviously people aren't walking around just with like their cell phones in a flipper and being able to do this, but Yeah, like the 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 uh the rebels or, or whatever aren't throwing out EMPs and like that's <laughs> knocking out the soldiers or whatever, but just the fact that you can it it, it sounds like you can fuck with the sensors in HoloLens and essentially give them VR sickness and like I've been playing a decent amount of VR recently and it's pretty bad whenever like the, the world just kind of freezes and you move your head and the rest of the Mm -hmm. world doesn't move. Like I don't, I don't get VR sickness very easily, but that is, that is something that just the human brain does not tolerate. (laughs) Now I will say my two VR headsets I've had, one is in a basement where I have a lot of walking room. One was in a, 
well-lit, well-mirrored room that was kind of claustrophobic. And sometimes when there's mirrors and a lot of bright lights, those trackers, they just kind of guess. And, you know, you're standing in one place, all of a sudden you're on the other side of the room. <gasps> oh, yeah. It's not going to be that different when you are wearing an augmented reality headset. Now, if, if I say the words like Christmas tree track, you, you kind of know what that means. You're overloading every possible input at once. That yeah. is going to be the reality when somebody wants to overload a system here. Uh, suddenly your headset says that there's, you know, trillions of hostiles right in front of you. You're, I, I'm assuming they have something the equivalent of radar, like a, a approximate proximity ping for friendlies X meters away or whatever. Which Suddenly is so it's... crazy that it's basically that fucking thing that's in Halo where you get a bunch of little dots on your fucking motion tracker. Yep, my buddy who is 15 meters away has one of these, so I could assume 15 meters away is where the corner of that building is. Like, these are good things to have. And when somebody overloads that and all of a sudden you have a billion buddies a billion <laughs> meters away from you, like, at, at that point you're just not looking at it because it's, it's, it's the same thing as static. It's noise. Yeah. It's just so nuts that this is real life. I like the there are people dying could, because of this. <laughs> a, we're going to see probably a bit of a bell curve where soldiers are over relying on the technology that they send into war and turning that off and having somebody with the highly deadly weapon and no actual training on how to use it without a cursor. You mean like in Metal Gear Solid 4? I mean, like, exactly a Metal Gear Solid 4. <laughs> this is the cyberpunk future that I've secretly wanted all along. Except I don't have cool augmentations or an Ocean Eleven crew to do heists with. Everyone thought Hideo Kojima was crazy, but he just keeps being the new Nostradamus for international relations. Nostra Kojima. <laughs> uh, I don't really have anything else to say about this article. When I was first getting into VR, I thought maybe I should get some Dramamine to help with the motion sickness. And and at that point, that was the most cyberpunk thought I had ever had to myself. But now, oh, I hope that soldier's headset doesn't get hacked. I think that tops it. <laughs> yeah, like, shit is getting, shit's getting real. Obviously, DARPA is not going to be like, and here's how they did it. But I right. would be very interested to see what an attack on uh, augmented reality headset looks like, just from like a technical standpoint, from the from the point of I want to see how this thing works. I want to take it apart. Just wait until uh, Black Hat 2024. They'll they'll have it at that conference. Yeah. Uh, man, have have you seen a lot about the Quest Three? I'm, I'm not done talking about augmented reality headsets yet. They're fucking cool, man. I I have seen a bit. Uh, I'm I'm still on the fence about it. Uh, this one guy, you, you know, hot dogs, horseshoes, hand grenades. Yes. Uh, the developer of that, um, said a while ago, like he's very anti-Facebook, and just. He's a, it, for lack of a better term, he's a very woke individual and, uh, I respect him quite a bit, but even he was like, you know what? Fuck it. And bought a quest three because it is probably, it, it, I argued against somebody on, on Twitter about this, but, uh, he said it's, it's objectively the best headset on the market. I would not say objectively. But for most people, if you are interested in it, um, it's it's the best that you're going to get for 500 bucks. That's for fucking sure. This is going to have a wide net. Everyone from casual to upper casual to 
lower, I'm going to say competitive, but I know that's not the right word, uh, enthusiast. Lower level enthusiasts would even see this and say, oh, hell yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, like, the only thing that it's missing is eye tracking. I was rather disappointed about the lack of eye tracking. But if my experience with the Quest 2 is any indication, along with the videos that I have seen of its augmented reality capabilities, you give him, you give him some time, and I really think that it's, it's going to be a very special piece of equipment in like a year. Uh, now, we've, we've been saying this basically for, I don't know, three years or something now, but you have a... I'm trying to think of what the, the biggest headset you have right now. Would that be the, the Steam, the, the Valve one? Yeah, uh, the Index is, is the big bulky boy. And uh, I'm saying bulky as in, like, performance-wise, not necessarily on oh, physically as okay. annoying to wear. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it would be the, the Index is the most fancy one. And then I'm sitting at the day one edition of the HTC Vive. Even then, I'm not... And we're talking apples and oranges with AR and VR, but at the end of the day, there's not a significant increase as far as what they are accomplishing for you. No. But hand tracking, the way that it is right now, we're getting pretty damn close. Not needing to have a weird contraption on your hand. Pretty yeah. damn close. I've uh, seen people who are like putting the straps too tight on their controllers and actually injuring themselves because they're not used to holding something in their hands for two hours that's heavier than a video game controller. It, um... Actually, one of the things that I did play this week in VR was a vacation simulator on the Quest 2. <laughs> I, and, I just laughed because that's a real game. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, uh, it had an update at some point that added the Quest 2's experimental hand tracking. And so you just don't need a controller to play the game. And, like, it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination but it is a lot better than it has any right to be considering it's just got a bunch of infrared webcams kind of stuck in there. I, uh, I would imagine that with the quest three and how it has a, a much bigger focus on augmented reality, that, that, that is probably a, uh, a fairly impressive experience. The Microsoft connect walked so that we could run today. We've gone a long way from cameras drawing triangles over their hands to tracking individual fingers. Yeah. And it's like, I, I was expecting, yeah, it's good. Like it's not, it's not fantastic, like, but it's impressive. It's a hell of a lot better than I ever thought it would be. Whenever I got the headset, I thought it, at best it would be just like a fun little gimmick to play around with. But I would say probably like 70% of the time I don't even need to pick up the controllers if all I'm doing is just doing stuff in menus like that's that's got to be how it's going to need to be for AR to really kick off people aren't yeah. going to tolerate controllers for long uh, if if anything it kind of it kind of makes uh the Apple headset look like a bit of a joke and more than I'm, it already did like it, it does look like a joke it looks like a, a halo helmet sometimes it it looks really goofy and it doesn't appear that it's going to offer a whole lot that isn't already possible with with the Facebook offering. And I'm really glad that you mentioned the Apple product. I think somewhere between Quest 3 and whatever they end up releasing the the AR Apple headset, 
I think we're going to see some cool shit come out, man. I hope so. I, I don't know if Valve is still working on VR hardware. They, they've been so radio silent that it's really hard to say whether they've just given up on it or if they're just going to suddenly come out and be like, yeah, we've got a brand new tracking solution that's totally inside out and it's wireless and it, it all just, you, you buy a box that plugs into your computer and you don't need a controller or, uh, but like, you've got this little analog stick thing. If you want it, like, I don't know, I, I'm hoping that they do something like that, but it's hard to say. I could see Valve making the call where the VR headset is the hardware that handles the chunky bit. Uh, I know that they recently updated the Steam Deck with something for Steam VR support, which is fucking nuts. Wait, they did? Supposedly. I'll find uh, an article or something like that and we can actually talk about it. But supposedly the Steam Deck is getting some sort of support for like Steam VR drivers, which is a interesting slope to begin sliding down. Because <laughs> like they they had said pretty early on, uh, like Gaben himself was like, yeah, it's not going to be strong enough to push VR, but I I could definitely see it for see them at least putting the capability in there so that you can maybe watch like VR movies and stuff like that. Like it's I don't think it's going to push games by any stretch of the imagination, but. Maybe like, VR chat, maybe big screen beta or something like that. Definitely not Half-Life Alex. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, I I guess you, you do have to admit that, like, if the Quest 2 can be what it is, which is ostensibly an old Android phone, like, certainly the Steam Deck has enough enough power behind it to push very low-end VR gaming. Didn't they make... Oh, goodness, I'm drawing a blank on the name. The the 1920s detective game made by Rockstar. L.A. Noir. Didn't they make L.A. Noir into a, a VR experience? Like, you could probably run that. Yeah, probably. Uh, I'm I'm looking right now for the notes, and I'm not seeing anything. So uh, maybe next week we'll have an update on this. But the, the, the whole point that I bring all this up is the people are hungry for AR slash VR experiences. And I think... Slash, I hope maybe even as soon as like holiday season this year, we might see some cool shit coming out if, at the very least being announced. Yeah, if if we don't see anything major this year, then definitely like the cons- uh, consumer electronics expo CES next year, there's there's gonna be shit out there that's like you thought the MetaQuest three was cool. Well, here's this thing, like it's it's gotta happen and if we're seeing like uh the, i think it was is big screen was the one that they they like made their own headset right it's like uh, the i think so yeah it's it's like super i exp- know uh, it's it's a little tiny one i remember seeing that yeah. yeah yeah it's like the smallest uh vr headset that currently exists and it's essentially it, it looks like those old uh 3d glasses that you'd get for like you had to have the special monitor and the the special NVIDIA drivers, and they're like active shutter 3D glasses. They're like the size of those, but it's a full VR headset with like 180 or 160 degrees FOV. Like, it's nuts. I'm willing to bet the resolution is not as great as it could be, but it doesn't need to be. It's just for watching something in your living room or whatever. Yeah, it's it's for like 
VR working, which is ultimately like what I what I would love I to, want it. to have every day. Yeah. Like, it's like happen. big part of what makes me like really consider getting a quest three is the fact that it's so much smaller and lighter. Smaller, lighter. I think the the last selling point I would need is to see how well it connects with assist like if I could sit down and have a tower somewhere and that tower just has a keyboard or like I have a wireless keyboard or whatever. If I could enter, hmm. I I started talking and then I realized there's a better solution, which is the cloud. Well, uh, so I don't, I don't exactly know where you were going with that, but, uh, there is a, there's an app called immersed that I have used. And I think that was the one where, you can either create a window uh, that is a camera uh, out like it's just the, you know, the built-in camera, uh, but it's a window that shows you your keyboard so that you can type on the keyboard and, and see like the keys and everything. Uh, but it also has functionality where if you have the specific Logitech keyboard that the keyboard has uh, tracking points on it, so that the keyboard will track in VR so that you can place it on a table physically in front of you, but you still see it in VR exactly where it is. And, I, and then you can, cool. yeah. And then like you're streaming your computer screen just into the VR headset and you can make extra virtual monitors and all that shit. Like it's yes, fucking that's exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly what I want. Yeah. Um, and like, from my experience earlier this week in playing uh blade and sorcery in VR wirelessly in the other room, um, like outside of a, a couple of issues here and there, I think because of the way that I was doing it, uh, like I definitely think that VR like over a network works fantastically. Like the latency is perfectly adequate. Like I got no sensation of like motion sickness. It didn't feel like my, my vision was lagging behind my movements at all. So, quest two, right? Yeah. That's pretty damn good for, I mean, it's not brand new hardware by any means. I don't, no. I don't want to call it old hardware, but it's, I guess there's a quest three now, so it is old, ain't it? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's getting up there. Um, and it, yeah, like it just, the fact that, it is running over my normal home Wi-Fi network and, and that I could, I, I can sit on my couch upstairs and like use my computer downstairs in VR is pretty nuts. That's I want it. I want it so bad. It's <laughs> so close. I'm going to have it soon. Maybe I don't want to quest three, but damn it. It sure does do a lot of things I want to do. Yeah. All right. That's it. We, we cannot talk about AR VR anymore. We could, we will be here another hour if we do. I'm pulling the cord. <laughs> you know what sucks is when developers raise the price on their stuff overnight, uh, especially on their AR pushing, game. On their AR game, <laughs> they can't escape it. Um, so, uh, all right, let's let's take a step back. Let's actually talk about this. Uh, everybody here knows Pokemon Go. It's a big, big phenomenon for like the last seven years. For some people, it's the only thing that got them through the pandemic. I think uh, we we were talking about in Discord. It seemed like we all might actually know at least one person who was a whale for this game at one time. Yeah. Somehow. 
Somehow. I I don't really get it either, but I certainly know people who've spent lots and lots of real-world money on throwing Pokeballs. So, Pokemon Go, uh, owned by Nanatic, who is probably the the big... Are they the biggest mobile game out there right now? My, my gut says yes, but they might have been usurped already. I'm not really big in the mobile market. You know, the numbers don't really come out as often, I don't think. So I, I, I don't really know. I, I, Pokemon Go has been has been Niantic's biggest property. Like, just overall. Pikmin's just not blowing that out of the water, huh? No, Pikmin, I believe, has been a complete failure. And so was the NBA one. I did NBA one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I it, didn't they make a Harry Potter one too? That like completely. Oh yeah, flopped? that was that, that was taken off the market within like six months, uh, and it was it was shit. Um, and there's a Monster Hunter one now that looks like it might be kind of cool, but I just don't know how many people you're gonna get into that considering like monster hunter is kind of a franchise for huge fucking nerds that don't go outside and at least pokemon go you've got kids that go outside all right i got an idea and i need you to follow me for a second and i might blow your fucking mind with it too uh and konami i know you're listening you're gonna want to listen up and we're gonna go back in ar with this so it all goes back to the main top of this show You, you know what Konami does real big is those pachinko machines. Mm-hmm. Why don't you have an app that places AR pachinko machines throughout the world? You walk, you go to the pachinko machine, you feed money into the AR pachinko <laughs> machine, you watch it in AR, <laughs> you get a community specifically in AR for these invisible machines. You have people standing around outside of like gas stations and parking lots just cheering and going fucking nuts staring at their phones. <laughs> I love the I love the idea because you said like standing in line. I love the idea that there are people like taking turns standing in front of this just random spot on a wall. <laughs> I guess you wouldn't have to do that in augmented reality, but you, I, I rest my case. This is a good idea, damn it. <laughs> I mean, Konami already has uh, mobile versions of their shittier uh, slot machines, so they could do it. They could do it. They can fucking do it. They need to do it. I, that is a big part of my image of the future. It wasn't before, but it is now. Yeah, uh, I... back, to, <laughs> back to our story, I guess. Uh, uh, Pokemon Go is going to be hosting an event for Timber, a Pokemon that I'm not familiar with. He's, he's holding a log, so... Are those I mean, supposed to be veins in his head? <laughs> because he's because he's muscular? Yeah, I think he's supposed to be like bulging swole. Ew, you don't get veins in your head, homie. <laughs> you do if you're on roids, I guess. Ew. That's not what this topic's about. They are going to be hosting an event for this weird little roided out maniac. And one of the things that they did is they quietly raised the price for its events just in time for it to go live. Which what? is pretty scummy. Uh, we were joking earlier about the success of Nanatic and whether or not they're actually making positive numbers. And it seems like they probably are not if they are needing to increase the price of their event tickets right before an event goes live. Yeah. Um, now, we've talked about needing to set money aside for projects, like, in the show. Now, I'm not going to necessarily say that Pokemon Go is a big financial investment, but if I'm doing something, I'd like to know what it's going to cost me beforehand, right? 
Yeah. Uh, and considering like the prices have been the same since community days were implemented, uh, it's kind of kind of shitty. Kind of shitty. And you could say, oh, the inflation's really coming for the price of my pixels or whatever, which is a, a comment that I stole from this article. But the fact that you need to turn around for something that's ultimately turning the switch that says, yes, these locations can have this event go live. Don't really need to justify increasing the price on it, do you? Uh, I do wonder if there's something to this other comment from someone on the the Silf Road subreddit, which is that's the, such a good name. Yeah. Uh, they said, mm, it's almost like Niantic's missing all that remote raid pass money. Um, because something that uh, we probably talked about when it happened, this was a little while ago. Uh, Niantic nerfed the fuck out of remote raid passes. Uh, remote raid passes, as their name would imply, allow you to participate in a raid without actually walking to the location of the raid. This was very useful for people who lived in the middle of fucking nowhere or people who had no friends or just had, there was no one else playing Pokemon Go on a regular basis. So you could get together with people online and all decide we're going to do this raid whenever it starts and you just join it from wherever you are. Uh, Niantic changed how all of that works and now there's like a, there's like a range limit or something, or like you can only use a remote raid pass so often. It's some some stupid arbitrary change that very obviously was meant to make you have to pay for other overall cheaper items. Uh and also like just just to make your life worse, I guess. They're, they're doing the World of Warcraft thing, funnily enough, of just make the game less fun to play. And I, I guess they, they're losing a lot of money on, on that change. And maybe now they're uh, trying to make up for that by getting the people who are still participating in community day, assuming that those people are going to be the most dedicated ones that'll pay pretty much anything to continue playing the game. And they're just going to ride on those whales backs. So I guess the theme of today's show is AR and whales. Uh, I guess so. I don't really have an easy fix for Pokemon Go other than it's okay if you make a mistake to revert back. You could say this isn't working out. You guys obviously like this. Let's just turn it on again. Yeah, it it is strange that they didn't roll back that remote raid pass change considering like whenever the pandemic was kind of slowing down, uh Niantic changed a thing that they had where uh the range at which you could interact with with things in the world was increased by i want to say like by some pretty big amount it was like 100 feet something like that uh they went to roll that back because they were like ow oh, you don't need to social distance anymore and everyone got real pissed off and then niantic was like okay fine whatever i don't know why they didn't do that here but I guess I don't they... really get developers being like, you have to give us money. No, not like that. Yeah. Like it's, it's just bizarre. I, maybe they did some kind of, they, they must've done some kind of, of price analysis and were like, well, if we, if we do this, 
then in the long run, we'll make more money. And I wonder if this is going to end up backfiring on them in the end. I, th- I think it's already backfired on them. I think we've already reached that point. Yeah, kind of seems All that right. way. I guess we'll have to see their marketing statements, but don't hold your breath, everybody. Uh, I I don't think Pokemon Go is going to be going anywhere <laughs> anytime soon. <laughs> but uh, I do uh, I do wonder if Niantic is going to uh, maybe continue being the size that it is for much longer, considering they just can't seem to get another win. So tune in next week when Niantic announces its AR headset development division and you too could play pokemon go in your ar headset which i'm, I'm joking about but that'd be fucking cool i guess it i don't know how be... it'd work with like the swiping to throw a ball thing but that, I mean, that's why would... you have a team it would be pretty cool if we the the next step for ar headsets needs to be that you can just walk around outside with it on and like you can kind of do that with the quest 3 but it has trouble in sunlight. So like if they can fix that, then if I can walk around outside in the, out in the open world and then I, I just see everything it, like I see the, there's a, there's a gym over there. There's just a big tower just shooting out of this park or whatever. Like once we get to that point, shit's going to be real. I want the world to be covered in publicly accessible, like, I'm going to say the word graffiti, but augmented reality objects. Anyone can place one down. If you don't want to see it, you could just hide it. But, like, people should be decorating their storefronts in augmented reality. What, what, we, what, we, what we're talking about, by the way, is literally what the metaverse was envisioned as. Like... It, it it's not the bullshit that meta has, has been pushing it's not even vr chat it is that it is it is an additional layer on top of the real world mapped one-to-one with this digital world let's call it a matrix <laughs> we could yeah it's all it, it's a matrix all connected together via the wired it's the a different people are hungry for it Aroa. and by the people i mean me i want it Aroa. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I, I hope, hope that is a, a you can. Yeah, I know you can walk around your house with the Quest Three in pass through mode, and it doesn't throw a fit. And the Quest Two throws a fit. So I maybe we'll get there. I'm going to do some homework after this of people with a Quest Three doing <laughs> things like I've seen videos of people like on their porches. I want to see people actually doing things like outside and on the reverse end like in dark places like server closets and stuff like that like yeah i i'm very curious as to what it does in the dark because my quest 2 works in the dark of my basement but i also it it uses uh it uses cameras with infrared like it do, they don't have infrared filters and so the lighthouses for my index have these giant IR lamps in them that they use to communicate. And that is illuminating the room enough, I think, so that it can maintain tracking. 
And I want to, I want to know what happens with the inside out tracking. If you just don't have any of that. I imagine, I imagine I would you assume don't. it can't. Yeah. yeah I, I imagine it just doesn't work. Yeah. Cause I, I believe that the way that most inside out tracking currently works is it is just, it finds points in the environment that are, that it expects to be static and it turns those into motion targets and it, and it just moves everything in the world relative to those spots in, in your environment. Let's just have a world made out of QR code anchors. Like, uh, I mean, that's that's how they do it in like factories and stuff like that. Have you seen the yeah. Amazon drones flying around? They they zip around looking for the next QR code. That's their life. Yeah, it's gonna be. Oh, and man. soon that'll be our life too. Yeah, there's gonna be a time where you just like you're gonna be driving down the road and look up, and there'll be a billboard that just has a big AR marker on it. And like, if, if you're wearing your you're wearing your Meta quest five like then the whole billboard is replaced with an actual advertisement the best part about that i'm saying the best it's actually a dystopian nightmare but the best part about that is you don't need to have any ad whatever user's looking at it's going to get their personalized targeted ad yeah somebody pay to have your demographic be on there you're seeing a big ad for i don't fucking know league of legends and and uh drink cups I, I i've been watching a couple of streams lately it seems like a lot of people are selling drink cups i don't know man oh the gamer subs cups uh-huh i don't get it i don't know i've been drinking a lot of gamer subs really yeah it's pretty good I, i'm not curious enough to get it but i sure have been seeing it everywhere yeah it's basically like uh, if you get the caffeine free shit it's basically pre-mixed kool-aid powder like it's just kool-aid with uh with like fake sugar in it this seems like the setup to a bad joke, Aroa. <laughs> the, uh, so, so tune in next week when we explore augmented reality Jonestown references. The fuck is Jonestown? Jim Jones? Uh, the reference you served everyone Oh, I get it. Um, I got it now. I didn't mean for this to be the AR appreciation podcast, but goddammit, if AR isn't fucking cool. Um, yeah. Tune in next week when we both inevitably end up spending money we don't have on fancy new AR headsets. <laughs> Gonna blow all my Amazon rewards money on a, on a headset. I don't know. I I I don't want to buy a Quest, but it sure is cool, man. I, uh, you can always get a get a Quest Two on eBay for like less than half the price. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, th- thank you, you want for somebody else's in. face germs on your face. What's the I matter? I don't want someone else's face germs all over my face. That's really <laughs> what it is. Uh, so thank you for tuning in. Um, this is a better podcast than last week. Sorry. Uh, g- goodbye. Uh, bye now.